0: Everyone, this is don Suave. First and foremost I'd appreciate everyone for viewing my video. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and also comment. Also, hit that notification button below as well. All right, let's get on with the show. I'm so disrespectful. disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. Self, 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 disrespectful.
1: When he was beaten by a snake, it died on the spot. Here is Don Suave.
0: Yo, yo, what's good, everybody? This is Don Suave. I'm back. I took a little break, but, I, you know, it's 2023. It's a whole new year, whole new beginnings. You know, we're just thankful that we came out of 2022, and now it's 2023. So, once again, this is the year right now. For you to make up your mind to go for, go for it all. Don't let nothing stop you. Always have faith, consistency, and hard work. You put those three into whatever you're trying to do, whatever business, vision, goal, whatever the, you know that needs to be done for you to get to that top spot. Go for it. Uh, once again, to make sure for this podcast and also for my YouTube channel to like, share, subscribe to the channel, and also to subscribe to the podcast, both called So Disrespectful Radio Show. Now, before I start the show, for my new listeners, I always do a quote just to, you know, start things off on a good path and just also something to encourage you who are listening to inspire you to always, you know, to go for the gold. So this is coming from President John F. Kennedy. He says, Peace is a daily a weekly, a monthly process, gradually changing our opinions, slowly eroding old barriers, quietly building new structures. Simply put, you can't put a price on a peace of mind. That's what a lot of us need in our life right now is peace. Of course, you see what's going on in the world. Of course, it was going on in your personal life. Peace is there is what all we need. That's the biggest. That's one of the biggest things in our life is peace from all the chaos, peace from all the drama, peace from all the stress, peace in the in even the thoughts as well. All right. And before I start this, I just want to give a quick update. Um, I know the whole world has seen it, not just in the, the sports uh, world, but Bill Safety, Demar Hamlin, you know, this pat this past game against the Bengals had a cardiac arrest. Like I said, the whole world seen it. It was not just on Sports Center; it was everywhere. So the update is he is in critical condition, but throughout the process, the breathing tube is out. He has put an Instagram post. He has spoken to his family. He, sp- he actually spoken to certain the teammates as well. So you know, first and foremost, God is good. I think that was one player that I could remember where it felt like. The whole just—I'm not gonna say the whole world because we already know when it comes to praying to God and everything. But I know for a fact from the social medias to TV to sports. I mean, Dan Oloski prayed on TV. I think just it was a collective prayer for Bill, Sadie, Demar Hamlin, and for as you can see, even though he may be in critical condition, his his condition has improved dramatically from the time he passed out on the field to right now. I mean, all that I can say is God is good no matter what. So that's just a little that's a little tidbit for Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin. So right now we're going to do a recap of week 17. As you everyone knows, this ain't the last week. Last week is actually this upcoming Saturday and Sunday, which is week 18. But Week 17 just finished. So we're going to do a recap of Week 17. We're also going to talk about the playoff pitcher as well. And then, you know, we just going to go on with the show. Football season's almost up. It has been, it has been one of the most weirdest, shocking, strangest football season I have seen in a long time. I mean, you had teams that you for sure weren't going to do anything. Is actually doing something. You had teams that you for sure was going to repeat and be good, and they're struggling to basically get in. But I always say this, and we always know, anybody who's a football fan, that one slogan, any given Sunday, get into the playoffs. Once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, you think about it. Years ago, the Giants – when they won a the Super Bowl, they ain't have a great record. They backdoor, door with their way into the playoffs. They were eight and eight. It was the last seed. And what happened? They went on to win the Super Bowl. You had teams like I remember Seattle got into the playoffs had a loser record. Had one of the I mean it was controversial the controversy because there was other teams who won ten games, but because they didn't win their division, Seattle did. Seattle went. And of course there was, you know, say they're gonna lose, they're gonna get beaten, all that stuff. Their first game was against the Saints, and they beat the Saints. Any given Sunday, just into the playoffs. So don't be shocked when after week 18, there may be some shocking teams into the playoffs. You Just get to just in and We'll see what happens. So we're going to start the recap of week 17, and then we'll go on from there. All right? So starting Thursday, December 29th, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Tennessee Titans 27-13. to On New Year's Day, Sunday, we had the Atlanta Falcons beat the Arizona Cardinals 20-19. Detroit. Yes, I said Detroit. Yes, I said Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's saying Detroit Lions. Remember, like I said, different time. Way different time. They beat the Chicago Bears 41-10. Once again, different times. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean... (laughs) It's the same team a couple years ago had got their Tim 10 balls, a tight end. It reminds the coach. And now they're playing for, I'll tell you about that later. Well, they beat the Houston Texans 31-3. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Denver Broncos 27-24. The New England Patriots beat the Miami Dolphins 23-21. The New York Football Giants 38-10 against the Indianapolis Colts. No mind what I'm about football? I tell you why. The New Orleans Saints beat the Philadelphia Eagles twenty to ten. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Carolina Panthers thirty to twenty four. I'm gonna calm down. I say this, and I and who I was listening? Stay until I get to this team. Trust me. I'm about to allow. I'm about to let off so many venom on this team. The Cleveland Browns beat the Washington Commanders 24-10. The San Francisco 49ers beat the Las Vegas Raiders in overtime 37-34. The Seattle Seahawks beat the New York Jets 23-6. Green Bay Packers beat the Minnesota Vikings 41-17. The Los Angeles Chargers beat the Los Angeles Rams 31-10. And to finish it all off, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens 16 13 and of course if i know some of y'all were like about the Bengals of the buffalo game look we already know what happened like i said i talked talked earlier about what happened to the Bills players so when that you know, thing happened that that incident i don't want to say incident i say when that scene happened they went ahead and canceled the game so it's the reason to bring them up bring the game up like i said we, we more worried about that man's health now, going back to the playoff picture. So, we're going to start in the AFC. Number one team, so basically, is the Kansas City Chiefs. And they're playing the Las Vegas Raiders, of course. So, we I mean, I'm going to give my predictions as well. But they're the number one team so far. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. Number three, Cincinnati Bengals. And you have the Chargers at number five. And the Baltimore Ravens at number six. Now, those are the teams that, that, that clinched the playoff berth. Here's the team that's in the hunt. The Jacksonville Jaguars. The reason why they're in the hunt because they're playing the Tennessee Titans. So whoever wins that game will win the AFC South. Then you have the Patriots. The Patriots are the last seed in AFC um, playoffs. But they don't this is where it gets kind of like really really uh, tough. See the Patriots got to play the Bills. Patriots win in the playoffs but at the same time you have the Miami Dolphins with the same record as the Patriots and then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers with the same record as the Dolphins and the Patriots so to try to kind of clean all this up Pittsburgh gets in the playoffs if the Patriots and the Dolphins lose. Patriots get in the playoffs if they win. Dolphins get in the playoffs if they win and the Patriots lose. There you go. That's how close everything is. So basically, if I had to choose, I would go with the Steelers, and here's the reason why. For one, Tua is not gonna be playing for the Dolphins. That's that's the big one. And it's against the Jets. Now, I said the Jets may be out the playoffs. But if the Jets does beat the, the Dolphins, I mean, it'd be born for bragging rights, honestly. Because they would have the same exact record. The Dolphins would be out. And the Jets could say, we beat y'all to get y'all out. And then also, it could help with the draft order as well. I really think if Zach Wilson plays, Dolphins winning. I checked to see if Mike White is uh, back playing. But I'm sorry, Zach Wilson was terrible. But the Jets got a great defense. Patriots. This is all. The, the thing about the Patriots is this they're going to get the Buffalo Bills. So here's a, here's a couple of things with this game which you can be like, okay, is it really gonna be? It's really gonna be something because Buffalo's already in the playoffs. They don't really have to play hard, honestly, because in the AFC Championship game they were in it. Already reported there's already report it's gonna be a coin flip, to play on a neutral site. But then they might be playing hard for Demar Hamlin. He might tell you, go out and win. And if they go out and play like the Bills play, I'm sorry, I don't think the Patriots are gonna see the Bills. They gonna, I think they're just gonna wipe the Patriots off. Then you got the Steelers and the Browns. The reason why I can't, I give more of a, uh, of a big to the Steelers is because even in the, even as terrible, you just say this, even as badly as the Washington Commanders play. They had their chance against the Cleveland Browns. And Washington Command is a a terrible, ran organization. The Pittsburgh Steelers is not. Pittsburgh Steelers has been one of the greatest organizations in the NFL, even to today. The thing that gets to me is that you have a head coach who never had a losing record for 17 years. Skip my excuse. 15 years. Since 2007, they have never had a losing season with Mike Tomlin. They beat the Browns. That streak continues. They beat the Browns. And the page of the Dolphins lose, they're in the playoffs. And I feel they get to the playoffs once against gets any given Sunday. But they still got T.J. Watt on that line. They still got George Pickens, Dante Johnson, Najee Harris, the other running back. They still got pieces, and they still... Have a coach in Mike Tomlin, who has won won a Super Bowl. So that's just my prediction. Is that I feel like the Steelers is going to be the last team in the playoffs. Personally, yeah, I do. I would see him in the playoffs. I mean, honestly, but that's just me. Even though, honestly, if I think about what would be my dream Super Bowl, I'm gonna tell my. I'm gonna tell you after we do uh, the. We the game prediction where my dream super will be. Now let's go turn to the NFC. The number one team right now is the Philadelphia Eagles. Number two is the San Francisco 49ers. Number three is the Minnesota Vikings. Number four is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number five is the Dallas Cowboys. And number six is the New York Giants. Which means there's only one spot left. Currently. The Seattle Seahawks hold that last spot. But this is why these games right now is going to be. V-ish. This might want really to be one of the best games we have seen, honestly. Because you got three teams. Literally. It's simple. No tricks. No magic. No nothing. It's simple as one, two, three. Win and you're in. Seattle win. They're in the playoffs. If the Lions win, then we need the Seahawks to lose. But they're in the playoffs. If the Packers win and Seattle lose, Seattle's out and the Packers in. So like I said, three teams only got to do one thing is win. And and yes, I said the Detroit Lions. And I know, hey, this is one reason why I know we got Brian Dable. I know we got Doug Peterson. Dan Campbell definitely needs to be looked at as a Coach of the Year. There is no way no one thought the Detroit Lions would be it for a playoff berth. This is the same team who barely could win four games. This is not the mess for Calvin Johnson days. Even days when they had Barry Sanders. Do you realize the last time the Detroit Lions went to the playoffs and won a game was in 1991? Actually, it, it was in early 90, 91 1993. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's almost 30 years ago. Almost 30 years ago since the last time the Detroit Lions went to the playoffs and won a game in the playoffs. And they had one of the arguably the greatest running back of all time, Barry Sanders. They had a good receiver, Herman Moore. So, and then you had Matt Stafford. And you had to meet one, once again, one of the greatest receivers of all time, Calvin Johnson. Megatron. So, this is why I said this, this season is crazy, weird. And then you think about the Seahawks. And this is not... The Russell Wilson led Seahawks. This is not the Lisa the boom Seahawks. This is not the marshall Lynch Seahawks. This is the Seahawks led by Geno Smith, who no one even thought he was gonna do anything. But they're in the playoffs. Also Kenneth Walker, the running back. Once again, before no way before the season started, did you realize Seahawks was actually getting to be last in the NFC West? Everyone knew the Niners was gonna be good because their defense is. Great, and yeah, they got Jimmy G, but they got weapons on the offense. I mean, you got George Kittle, Debo Samuels, Brandon—you you got weapons. Then you had the Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah, Calum Murray has his issues, but they did still have J.J. Watt. They had DeAndre Hopkins, um, and James. They had people. Then you had the Rams. They were the defending champions, and which a lot of people thought they were gonna go right back because was Aaron Donald he was coming back. They were being had to possibly repeat. So, the Seahawks, no one the gave them a shot for not in the playoffs. Like I said, the, Detroit, I already talked about them. Then you got the Packers. With the Packers, it's basically because of Aaron Rodgers, honestly. But the thing about it is, what people don't understand. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. You know, a lot of times people want to go to the quarterback and just crown that person over everybody thinking that they're the only ones that's the reason why they like where they are. No. No, they're not, not. Their defense was actually good. Aaron Jones is a good running back. Yeah, they got young receivers and then they had real Cobb, but they had young receivers. But their defense was, is, was good. And I should know. Cause one of the guys on their defense played for the command, used to play for the commanders, Preston Smith, which I, automatically said, do not let that, that man walk, and they did. So, it is what it is. But that's the playoff picture, and stay tuned because there are games this Saturday, and there are games this Sunday, and the game that I mentioned, you might see one of the best football games played the whole year. And I coming up next. I would do my week 18 prediction, and then I would d- detail who I will want to be in the Super Bowl, and I would detail also what would be a dream scenario in some aspect as well. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show.
2: What makes honeybees so good? Well, first, our bees take all this, and they turn it into this. Then we add all that and we turn it into this the supplement that starts with the goodness of honey. That's the honeybee secret.
1: He can build a snowman out of rain. Here is Don Suave.
0: Welcome back to the show, everyone. So now I'm going to do my week 18 prediction. Like I said, I'm also going to talk about who I think is going to be in the Super Bowl, and I guess I this will be who will be a great storyline. Honestly, will be the greatest storyline because everything will have a storyline regardless who makes it to the Super Bowl. I mean, it is the Super Bowl, it's pretty much the biggest game in the West Hemisphere. Is actually now getting to the other side of the world too. But it's a storyline that it has been brewing for a couple of years. And, it, and honestly, I feel as if these two teams were to be in the Super Bowl and and because of what would have come with, I'm telling you, I think this is probably the biggest Super Bowl of all time. But first, let's do the Week 18 predictions. Well, Chiefs and the Raiders. I got the Chiefs winning. Jags and Titans, Jags. Bugs and Falcons, Bucks. Bills and Patriots, Bills. Vikings and Bears, Vikings. Colts and Texans, Colts. Dolphins and Jets, Dolphins. Panthers and Saints, Panthers. Steelers and Browns, Steelers. Eagles and Giants, Eagles. Cowboys and the Commanders, the Cowboys. Chargers and the Broncos, Chargers. Seahawks and the Rams, Seahawks. Niners and the Cardinals, Niners. Packers and the Lions, Packers. And the Fed should off. Bengals and the Ravens, Bengals. Now, judging by that, if the teams that I picked were to win, hey, it would be the Dolphins, it would be in the playoffs. It would be the last seed. Even though the, even though the Steelers, I feel like they going, they're going to beat the Browns, they need the Dolphins to lose. Um, like I said, it all depends on who's playing for the quarterback. If it's Zach Wilson, it's Dolphins. But if somebody else is not playing, it can sway. Another team is I picked the, C- the the Bills to beat the Patriots. Now, like I said before, it all depends how they feel like they want to play. They want to play to win for DeMar Hamlin? Then I think it's Bills. But if they want to say, hey, we are in the playoffs. We want you to relax. Then I think it's the Patriots going to win that game. But like I said, it all depends on what happens. As far as for the NFC, I had the Seahawks beating the Rams, which means the Seahawks would be in the playoffs, and not the Lions and the Packers. But if they were to lose, which I like, I highly doubt. I'm, I mean, I really don't trust the Rams at all. I really think, well, like I said, like it, they're not gonna win. But if, like I did say, any given Sunday, so if by any crazy way the Rams beat the Seahawks. I really believe that the Packers is too much on fire right now to lose to the Lions. I really do. I truly do. And don't get me wrong. I love the Lions. Heck, I I watched the Hard Knocks thing, some of the episodes. I love the Lions. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think it was Deuce Staley or Deuce McAllister, the running back coach. That's one of the funniest guys I've ever seen, y'all. Jamal Williams, that speech he made when he was huddling, yeah, it makes you look at him like, dang, you know, I kind of, you know, I I, I got a love for them. And then he got Dan Campbell, who was like that player coach that that he got he got that 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 type of coaching that he motivates. but he proves it though. That's a leader. If you can show me by example instead of just telling me, but actually showing, that's a leader right there. And when, and then you see he work out with the players. So, now he's willing to get on the ground with the players as a coach. So, even though they might not make it this year, I think the Lions may have a future. And I know I can't believe I'm actually saying that. But I believe the Lions have a future. Now, all that's being said, who do I think is going to come out this div- this division? I really believe if everyone is playing up to their potential, because honestly, I think the Bengals two last year was a fluke. To me, it should have been the Chiefs, but I think it's going to be between the Chiefs and on the Bills. <laughs> and I think the Bills may have a slight edge on the Chiefs. So, I, if I had to put my money down, what team of AOC is coming out? I s- will go with the Bills. And I know they got Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs. And then they got Travis Kelsey. And they got what They do got – it, it seems like even when Tyreek goes, they got Juju. They got McKinnon. I mean, they got – they just got – they beat you by scoring. The Bills got defense. And then, honestly, they got something to play for a lot. I mean, you, you – you, NFL teams got something to play for regardless. They would just win the Super Bowl. But after that whole DeMar Hamlin thing, that might be the, the 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 fire they need to win a championship for this man who literally almost, actually the report said he did die because they had to give him CPR. So that could be some type of added motivation for them to win it all for this man who's laid up in the hospital on critical condition right now. Now, for the NFC, all only can really think of is the Niners. And I understand because, like, if y'all looked at it, the Sean McCoy said they really haven't played anybody as good and got tested, you know? I don't see any other team in the NFC that's really, like, so dangerous. And I know the Cowboys got, what they got Michael Parson, Trayvon diggs and they got Dak, and Ezekiel, and Tony Pollard. You know one reason I don't trust him a lot? Honestly, because that quarterback of Dan Prescott. That's why. Let's be clear. There's no way that the Dallas Cowboys, as talented as they were, and are as good as they are, almost literally lose to the Texans. And the only reason they really lose is because Lovey Smith wanted to go for it to kick a field goal. And so doing that, only thing the Dallas needed to do was was uh, they scored, but if they would have kicked the field goal, they would have been about one. And if you looked at the Texas game, they actually was had, got down the field, so they don't had to kick a field goal. They don't don't had to do about four or five plays, or maybe like just get to a, a field goal position to kick a field goal. But that's why we're terrible teams. So I don't believe in the, in the uh, in the Cowboys. I don't believe in the Vikings. It's like with the Vikings. You got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson. But you also know what they got? Kirk Cousins. You know I know about Kirk Cousins? Because who do you think drafted and who he played for? Washington Commanders. When it comes to the big games, when it comes to televised primetime games, he sucks. That is uh, is what it is. You're in the playoffs. So every game is going to be primetime. Every game going to be big. And he always seems to fold. So I don't believe in the Vikings. I don't believe in the Seahawks. I don't believe in none of the teams that come to seven. The only team that if they do make it the Packers, I can kinda lean on to them to maybe I can believe in them is because Aaron Rodgers. But then again, his playoff record ain't all that day all that good. A lot of people understand. When you get to the the conference, he's not that good. He only won one Super Bowl, everyone. One Super Bowl. The same amount as Brad Favre. The same amount as Trent Dilfer. The same amount as Brad Johnson. And I know some of y'all are thinking, "Why well, are you going to put him in that same ballpark as them? Because they want one Super Bowl. And Aaron Ross gets this praise of being a GOAT. How? He's not better than Joe Montana. He's no way near better than Tom Brady. I'm sorry. I will choose Drew Brees over him. Because there's been times Drew Brees still got to the Super Bowl. But, uh... The games he lost were because of him. Remember, if it went for Marcus Williams, wanted to be wanted to act like Goldberg and try to spare Stefan Diggs in the air, they would have beaten the Vikings that year. If it went for the referees who wanted, to be, who wanted to transform into Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder and not call that pass interference when the Rams went into this player, they, he could once again went to the Super Bowl. So that's two things out of the name right there that went out of his hand. But Rodgers... No, I've times he played hard boy games and causing teams to lose. So, like I said, I really don't believe him. The Giants don't get me, the Giants. Just they got a great defense and they got a great running back. And it's but it's still Daniel Jones. How he gonna play now that he's getting the attention that, that he never got before? How he gonna play the, and now he's going against great defense teams now. And then you got. The the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I didn't go to the Bucks. <sighs> the Bucks got Tom Brady, so it's almost like he may make it, he may not. I don't know. They got they got so many injuries. He like said every day, every day you wake up is a Bucks injury. They go to a game, it's a Bucks injury. It, it's literally so much injuries on that on his on that squad. I don't know. So that that, so that would be a a question mark, and you got the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) Jalen Hurts goes down, and they look terrible. Now he's back playing this Sunday against the Giants. But what this gives to me about Jalen Hurts is playoffs. We really never really see how he works in playoff time, so. If you look at the totality of the NFC, the, there have been very co- inconsistency when it comes to playoffs except for one guy, which is Tom Brady. Chandler Hurst never never really did anything. We don't know about experience in the playoffs. Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant, so this is his first year, and he's never been a rookie to lead a team to the Super Bowl. And then also, let's not forget, that they even said Jimmy G was probably coming back in the playoffs as well. Kirk Cousins trash on primetime. That Prescott is a biggest question mark. One of the biggest. The Giants, Daniel Joe's don't have playoff experience. And if, then if it's the Seahawks, Geno definitely never had no playoff experience. If it's the Lions, I already told you, they haven't won a playoff game in over 30 years. And if it's Aaron Rodgers gets in, uh, sure. But once again, when he gets to the conference, he has a terrible record. I think he literally only won, what, four games? Six, five, four or five games? No wasn't one Super Bowl. Only one Super Bowl, y'all. That was against the Steelers. Now, like I said, coming out, I really have kind of a repeat Super Bowl. I think the defense of the Niners is just real good, y'all. And I know offense wins games, but defense wins championship. They got Bosa, Verner. I mean, they got a defense, and if the, and they got weapons on offense, so Brock Purdy or Jimmy G don't screw up and just manage the game, they could be the team to come out of the NFC. And like I said, for the ALC, I got the Bills. And if y'all ever noticed. If it is the Bills or the Niners, this is a history lesson for y'all. I think Chris Berman had there a long time ago in the 90s. There was gonna be the Niners and the Bills. Because at that time, the Bills was the only team to go to four straight Super Bowls, led by Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, and Aunt Andre Reed. And then the Niners also at that time had not had Joe Montana. And then they this when they crossed over to No, they had Joe Montana the whole time, then they crossed over to Steve, yo. Um. Now that's what I think Niners and the Bills Who I would be a dream Master see, And I can't believe I'm about to say this But I know this would be the This matchup Will probably be the most Talked about Most profit matchup Of all time The Bucks Versus the Patriots It's simple math Why the head coach of the New England Patriots, Felicek, with his new protege, Matt Jones, against his old protege, Tom Brady. Can you imagine the storyline? Because they already played each other one time in a season, remember? And Brady got the best of Matt at that time. But it wasn't really his fault. They they both played great games. But could it be... That to end it all, because a lot of people in the rumors is Brady could retire this year. Even though he's talk he not talking retirement. But could it be that the person who sends Brady out the NFL for good is his former head coach? Imagine the storyline. Belichick versus Brady. Brady versus his old team. Can you imagine the storyline of that? Could you imagine what exactly, what people would say? Because they already, you already got the, 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 the storyline that Brady made Belichick. But what in the Super Bowl when, when it all counts? When it's the last game and Belichick wins, he could come back the same and say, people say, no, I want Brady made me. I made Brady. That's a WrestleMania storyline right there. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little about the NBA. Just look a few few moments of it. The real thing we want to say about the NBA is this: Are season awards really like so spot on nowadays, or is it really just like, uh, it's cool, but it's is it really that big? We'll talk about it after the break. Yes, to the so disrespectful radio show.
3: At Fidelity Bank, we customize our banking solutions and offer a truly personal one-on-one experience. Local business, your business is our business. Let's start the conversation at FidelityBankNC.com. Fidelity Bank, right by you.
1: When he lifts weights, the weights get in shape. Here is Don Suave.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Suave. And like I said before the break, we all going to speak about the NBA. Now, what I want really to want to say is this. LeBron James, you know, love him or hate him. You gotta respect this man. You have to. Because his willingness for his team to, to play for a championship is very funny. Not funny as in, like, that it's like, well, you know, you're not that good, thing like that. It's, a, it's a funny because when your team isn't really that good. But it seems like you will yourself. It's it's like it's like the, like the Mamba thing, It's like the Kobe thing. At one time, Kobe team wasn't good. I don't know if y'all remember the time we had Kwame Brown. That time, this is before the Andrew Bynum and the Parker saw. This is after the Shaq when they really weren't really that good. But he will will them into the playoffs. And I think that they used to lose at the first round a few times, or they lost to the Finnish Sun with Steve Nash up there, you know. But as I look at the stats for, for LeBron, no one in their right mind was thinking that the Lakers was going to the playoffs, <laughs> let alone the championship, <laughs> let alone even what just just being in there. But lately, like I said before, he this man at 37 years old is willing this team on his back. Let me just let y'all know. Okay, we already noticed the, the biggest storyline of the Lakers is LeBron James breaking Kareem abdul record. The uh, all-time points record. And I'm looking at these stats. And you can look at ESPN or NBA.com as well. LeBron is averaging. Now get this. This man is 37 years old. He's a leader in points at 28.9. He's a leader in rebounds at 8.2. He's second in assists. At six point seven, the first is Russell Westbrook. He's third in steals after Anthony Davis and Westbrook. This man has literally is really running the Lakers to be a decent team. Remember, they went; they didn't have a good record. No one even know gave him an afterthought. Up to date right now, the Los Angeles Lakers are 18-21. and They're fifth in the Pacific Division. In their conference, they used to be at the bottom. They was fighting with the Rockets at times, who were the worst in the the West. Do you know now, they are literally, if they win three games, the next next three games, they could possibly be fighting for the eighth spot. Now, no, now mind you, we know the playoffs is months down the road because they ain't even good to the All-Star break, which is next month. We understand that. But you got to understand something. Like, no one thought the Los Angeles Lakers was going to do anything. No one gave a. So how, how many times have you read stories of Trey Russell Westbrook, Trey Anthony Davis? Remember when, Steven, when uh, Stephen A. Smith said to – Trade LeBron James, and everyone was like, "Why would you want to trade him for?" That was a disorganization of this team, and it, and I ha- I will admit this. It is because of LeBron. It is, and honestly, if I if I detail his greatness, LeBron has faced a lot of adversity since his time. In the NBA, as his time being an athlete, well, I say mostly NBA was it hell? No, it was really because of the media. When Jordan retired, for the second time in '98, after he won the championship, there was a period of stretch where it was like, "Who was going to be the next superstar?" Mind you. Shaq is a super, was a superstar. He was. But Shaq wasn't winning. Remember, he didn't win his first championship until 2000. Because I remember at one time, and you can look at his show, actually, that thing on HBO Max. They always said Shaq couldn't win the big one. So Shaq won a superstar yet because he ain't win nothing. Kobe won a superstar. Because mind you, Kobe said to himself, he was Mr. Airball. So they won't really and then after the Bulls were uh at the 98 season, the Spurs won. And let's be real. Yeah, David Robson on that team, I think that was a, that was also either his first that was that was uh uh Tim Duncan's his early career. Nobody really looked at him as a superstar. So fast forward on the year the Lakers dynasty. Then shot, then became a superstar. But what happened? He started to die. Started, his career started to slowly, slowly, withered away, slowly. So Kobe, his his credibility started to slowly die away. Remember, at one time he actually wanted to be traded. So Kobe. It took years for Kobe to get to that spot where people just loved him. Because at one time, a lot of people did not rock with Kobe. Rest in peace, Black Mamba. But let's keep it real. A lot of people didn't rock with Kobe. So even after he died if people was like, yeah, we love Kobe as a totality person. Later, but in the midst of his prime, a lot of people won't rock it with Kobe. Because if you look look at, look at a lot of the issues that Kobe went, went through with Shaq towards the end of the Lakers. And then when he left, and then look at this stuff. People will not it with Kobe. They, they, the love for Shaquille O'Neal was way more than the love for Kobe. But once again, there was no superstar. And you had guys come here and there picking up that superstar, you know, that star status, but they weren't really winning. A out, I'm biased. I don't care. Sue me. Fight me. I don't care. Cause we're from the same state, same area, seven cities. AI was that guy that changed NBA. Because at one time, AI was looked at as a guy that, you know, he's six foot, six foot one on a good day. He ain't, you know, no one looked at him as, a, as like what he gonna do. But then when they saw how how a G he was on that court. How he was balling on that court, he became one of the best power-power players. Yes, he didn't win a championship, but you could not the skills of of Alan Iverson. And then also, I I go to a whole podcast about Alan Iverson, especially his clothing game, especially him, one of the guys bringing that street ball to the NBA. Because at one time, the crossover, A, I had that. Let me just say this before before we move on. AI had that stall crossover, which is he'll hold the ball up in the air for a moment and then he'll cross to the left. If you notice a lot of guys do that now. A lot of guys do that with a the crossover They stall so you can go for each of the ball and they go all to the left. While back in the days it was just between the layer doing this but AI had that street ball mentality. Go research AM1. You'll see. Even a couple of guys went to the NBA from A1. Skip to loot, aka Ray for Austin. But, so like I said, that superstar was, it was kind of like, who is the guy that's going to take up the mantle that Michael Jordan is not there anymore? Well, here comes 2000. Here comes a kid from Akron. This six foot nine guy who is dunking on everybody, who's making ESPN news, who's won the high school dunk contest. Even though I can judge, I can say something about that. But here he comes. And then he gets drafted to his hometown team, Cleveland Cavaliers. Remember at one time, Ricky Davis didn't even want LeBron. Because Ricky Davis on the Cavaliers. He didn't even want LeBron on his team. So, you know, throughout his career, LeBron was climbing up, climbing up, climbing up. When the time he played against the Detroit Pistons is scored 25 points straight by himself. And then we went to the finals and got swept by the Spurs. But honestly, no one knew he was, was, was going to win. But what did Tim Duncan say? He told us straight up, this is going to be your league. Just thank you for, thank you for, for, giving, for me giving, my, giving the championship first. But he told us, this is going to be your league. And what happened? LeBron still. Not really having great players around him, taking it to the taking it to the clap, the clap, the Cavaliers clap, to the playoffs. You're not gonna look. You're not gonna tell me that guys like Ilgauskas, Varijal, Mo Williams, Danielle Marshall. I think at one t- yeah at one time they had they had Booby Gibson, who claimed the fame is being is being uh, Keisha Cole's baby dad, oh, kid, oh, father to her child. Delonte West. I ain't going to get into Delonte, but because that was a whole type of issue. Then that one time he had Anton Jameson. Then they brought over old Shaquille O'Neal. So LeBron really, uh, for majority of his career, had to deal with bad players as teammates. So then here comes the decision. And I believe that's one of the reasons why that's you know, he also gets hated on for him starting the super teams. Well, honestly, yes, super teams back in the 80s and the 70s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and all that stuff, they were more groomed man. But if you really do any more in depth look at it, they won't really they, they were they, they came together. Kareem was drafted by the Lakers. He was drafted by the Bucks. He was Lou Alcindor. He came to the Lakers. Yeah, they drafted Worthy, they drafted Magic, and they groomed him. But at one time, remember one of the greatest players of all time that people to this day would consider one of the greatest, if not the greatest, is Kareem. So you brought one of the greatest players to that team. Okay, now let's fast forward to the nineties. You know, a lot of players felt like they wanted to win inside. With this squad. Win or lose. They ain't moving. Barkley tried it. Remember? He went to the Rockets. Because the Rockets won a championship. Because actually, Dressler was a star with the Blazers. But he was getting old. So he came to the Rockets. And that's when they won a championship. Back-to-back championship. Barkley came. Because he was getting old with the Suns. He won't win it. So he came over there. So that didn't work out. Then... Pippin went to the Rockets after the Bulls, before he went to the Blazers. The biggest issue that you can have with comes to LeBron James around that time with the decision is that he took out of the hands of the general managers and made more player uh, powerful players. So that's why players can go left and right to who they want to play with. Now, yes, you can look at it at this. It was good for basketball. It was bad for basketball. You can look at, and and who who fault is that though? Is it really all the players' fault? Why they got player empowerment? Not really. Most Most of the issues come from media and critics. You don't believe me? If you had to talk about the different players, the greatest players of all time, you will hardly put any player that either won one or no championships. Barkley was one of the best power fours, period. No question about it. Barkley was a dog. And he was undersized. He was only like 6'4, six, 6'5 six, at the four. Oh, you reason why you know, nobody put him up there like that? He ain't win no championship. Even though he did get an MVP one year, he hadn't won a championship. They'll put guys like Kevin McHale, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Dirt Nawinsky. Uh you know, now Giannis. Hey, you, you ask some people, now it's Zion. And honestly, don't get me wrong, those are great players, but you cannot what Barkley did. Barkley was a dog at that four. Barkley was a great player. You talk about the big man, the sinners. It's so sad that you'll go for Moses Malone. No, no, I'm just naming it, not, not, not in order. You're talking about Moses Malone, Kareem, Shaq, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell. And you know the worst thing about it is, why nobody's not putting Akeem up there? Akeem got two championships. So why that's not happening? If he won for bad news, Ewing was not a bad center. He's actually one of the top big, big mans in the, of all time. But because he didn't win a championship, no one talks about him. No one talks about Allen Iverson as one of the best shooting guards of all time. And he's darn sure one of the best shooting guards of all time. He literally... I mean, he went against the Lakers who, who had Derek Fisher, Rick Fox, Kobe Brown, Robert Horry, Shaquille O'Neal, coached by the greatest coach of all time, Phil Jackson. You know who was on Allen Iverson's squad? Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, Tyrone Hill, Matt Geiger, and old Dekiman He And he's only six foot, six foot one. What low could he do? Even Isaiah is one of the greatest point guards of all time. Probably the second or third greatest point guard of all time. Still had guys like John Sally, Rick Mahone, Bill Ambeer, uh, uh, uh Dennis Rodman. He had help. I, I didn't have help. But when, when people talk about players, hey, they always go, they want a championship. So what LeBron did that power, power and player empowerment, yeah, it is it you can look at it as it hurting the NBA because nobody want to be in competition no more. Everybody want to link up with their friends. Everybody want to link up together because if they win a championship, you can't take it away. That cement their career, even though they had a great career before. Kevin Gar- Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant was a, was going to be a Hall of Famer, no question about it. But you know what happened? Well, the re- reason. They would never put him in the stuff because why he ain't with a championship? So what'd he do? He joined the Golden State Warriors, which is considered the weakest mover of any superstar. But he got two rings. He had two finals MVP, 20, 30 years down the line. You know, unless you got somebody who remember that time, they're not going to bring it up. That's how it is now. So that's one of my, I can't even see that's a knock at the same time when it comes to LeBron. Mm. <laughs> It is what it is. But my thing is he should have shut all that stuff down when he came back to Cleveland. Now, yes, this is also the, the time of the, Le, G, the Le GM LeBron. Because, and, I, and like I said, I'm, I'm going to get into him other topics as well. But this was the big one because we may never see another LeBron again. We may never see another player like that again. Honestly, and I, and don't get me wrong, there is, there's a lot of great players in the NBA right now. It is, but we may never see a, a LeBron again. The closest that we ever got to seeing a LeBron before him was was Grant Hill, and injuries killed and injuries was derailing his career because Grant Hill was a was also a six foot eight, six foot nine point four. Pippen was was also as well, but with a, someone who comes close to a LeBron, he, you would say he, he may have the the playmaking skills of a of a Grant Hill, Scottie Pippen, with the physical build of a Karl Malone. So a lot to view, narrow down a lot of things with LeBron James' career is you know you might never see this again. Just like you might see, you know, at one time you thought you might not see another Jordan until Kobe got to his career, and then Kobe started almost looking like it looked like a mirror image of Jordan. I know people might say, "What about Giannis?" Technically, Giannis is like a another version of Shaq. Honestly, it said that now Giannis can sh- kind of can he can shoot if he has to, but. You got to realize, this is, we're not talking about the 300-pound Shaq from the at Lakers who, who at, was what running in his first. But we're talking about the Orlando Magic Shaq who was looking like no one was seeing him. And the only one gave the best person to get in the trouble was King. That's because King had better, had great footwork, had really great footwork. Even Shaq would say one of his hardest guys he had to uh, match up was A King had one of the greatest footwork. So we kind of see almost a, a, a Giannis. But we need to honestly cherish what we're seeing with LeBron because we're going to miss him. There's no question about it. We missed Jordan for a long time. <laughs> hey, sometimes we still miss – you know, you don't see a video of Jordan and still remember the time you were there when you saw Jordan play. I mean, yeah. <laughs> remember, the, remember the 75 greatest players? Even Jordan telling Magic right now, I could get my shoes. We could play a game right now. Just – Saying that brings you back to being a kid and want to be like Mike. Just hearing him say that, like, man, this man it is this man about to be 16 years old and still say, how ball you are. Like, what? <laughs> so we miss Jordan. And then when LeBron retired, we're going to miss LeBron. Because, honestly, you know the difference between a lot, like I tell people, the difference between LeBron and Mike, LeBron looked like that guy. If you if you've never seen basketball, he let that guy you could you invite to the crib or you go to his house and y'all have fun and joking. He like he's he, st- he looked more like a a guy that you can more vibe with than you can with Jordan. Because no offense to anybody, but LeBron didn't grow up without a of father. A lot of guys from the hood, a lot of people just people in general, some people did not grow up growing with a father, raised by a single mother. Then the fact that he did his, his hardest to make sure that she was straight, then he gets, he has he, he has a, his wife Savannah has kids. I mean, just looking like the, almost a great couple. They stayed together. This is stuff that you see while you have Jordan. You didn't see a lot of that stuff because Jordan was very very private. But you heard stuff. You almost heard nothing with the kids to LeBron. Literally nothing. So, a lot of times, people find a way to tarnish his career. But the man has literally, has literally almost this. That man need to write a book of the stuff that you can't really say. That. I don't think you can really say when it comes to uh, LeBron is is a basketball career. Which is understandable because you're going to get criticized over basketball as a sport. But personal-wise, people find stuff to criticize him about. So, we're going to miss LeBron James, whether we like, what we want to announce or not. As far as this record, I don't care. To me, it's a conversation that's probably going to happen all the time. But me personally, I don't care who's the goat. I don't care. I'm not Skip Bayless finding any every little thing to say something about LeBron to compare him to Jordan. Everyone's gonna have their, their their personal preferences. Everybody is. Some people think Kobe's the greatest of all time. Some people think is the greatest of all time. Some people think Kareem's the greatest of all time. Some people think Bird was the greatest of all time. I think Jordan was the greatest of all time. People are gonna choose. So I, technically, I don't have a kicker to have that conversation because honestly, if you got a made up mind, you're not gonna change. Just appreciate exactly what we got going on right here. Just appreciate. You may never see a 37-year-old guy running a dang, running his team, almost still getting almost 30 points a game at 37. And then he could the fact that he's not slowing down, that he may play to his son, gets drafted to the NBA, and even though he – even though some people say it might have been a joke or he might be serious, the simple fact that this man said, Whatever my son playing, i will playing with them too. You're never going to see something like that before. The only time you ever see something like that, that was in baseball. Where Ken Griffey's father played with his son in baseball, but his father was on his way out. LeBron looked like he still got three years, four years of going. Maybe, yeah, I say. At max three. So when it comes to right now, when it comes to LeBron. And depending on how much points he got going on right now compared to to Kareem. He is close. He's very close. It's saying right now that he currently is 459 points behind Kareem. And they said if he keep averaging what he's averaging right now, he will need 17 more games to break the record. That's not a lot. We could possibly see this man break that record towards an all-star break or at least a couple games after it. So cherish what we got right now. Cherish what we got right now when it comes to LeBron James. Now I'm going to make this, this this segment short. Dealing with the NBA. We just had Donovan Mitchell, 71 points. We just had Luka with a triple-double that, that was just crazy. But one, I got to ask this question, though. Are season achievements overrated? And I know some of y'all probably listening to like, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this nugget in here because I'm going to talk more about this on my next podcast because... The next one, you know, is going to be kind of more central to different sports because the NFL is – the season is done after this Sunday. It's playoffs. So, sports, the sports world, the show must go on. But I'm going to leave this tease for next week. Why I think maybe sometimes it is overrated? The way the game is being played. Defense. Now is more about positioning. Defense now is more or less zone-wise. The reason why I say that because back in the day, men, man on man, you can't do the stuff you do back in the day you do now. The hand check, the elbow check, even down to giving a hard foul back in the day. Now you try that. You you try that mess in the NBA nowadays. See see what happens with you. See how your pockets won't get hit. See you won't miss some games, and see how how you get talked about so hard. Because honestly, I said the NBA is a, definitely a cupcake league. It's soft, very soft. People get you breathe on someone's a foul. I remember a time where. You know, if you coming into this, this paint, you're going to pay for coming into the paint. Now, everyone just looks at the person. Oh, that looks pretty dumb. That's a pretty layup. Oh, that looks good. No. I'm, if I get tired you coming into that paint, yes. I don't care what anybody say, this, this Back in the days, in the 80s, and they were playing football. No. It's because you're going to respect You come and bring your tail in this paint with a big man right here, a center, who's probably seven foot, seven foot, whatever, but almost two, two, 70, 300-something pounds, you'll get tested. Because nowadays, most guys, that's, most big men are not really big men. they just an over, overgrown power forward. That's the issue. Why I think sometimes this season achievement is is overrated. Because you can't put hands on players like you used to. You can't hard foul like you used to. For goodness sake, you can't even talk trash. Because if you talk trash, you get a technical. So guys like Gary Payton, guys like Michael Jordan, guys like Larry Bro- guys that will talk so much crap, so much trash talk to get you off your game cannot play nowadays. If you say any bad, if you even cuss nowadays in the NBA, you get a technical. As if kids weren't watching the NBA back in the 70s, 80s, and the 90s. When you start a commercial, Be Like Mike, you ain't see, you saw grown men all over. You saw kids too. So kids was watching the NBA. So kids didn't hear words. Kids didn't see finger justice. So don't give me that crap that nowadays, is like, well, kids looking, so we gotta be clean. No, because in the NBA, in any sport, it's a competitive thing. And especially if I'm playing against you one on one, I'm gonna talk so much trash to you. I am. If I say you can't play defense. Oh, I say you found me. You get mad. I'm going to call you soft. But a lot of time is to get you out your game because it's a mental thing. They don't allow that nowadays in the NBA. The worst thing you probably can say is, oh, don't miss that shot. You missed it. Oh, you missed it. They probably, probably get you a technical saying, break, air ball, look out. Now you do that, oh, oh technical. You go. You say so. You, you, you. If y'all remember, couple it was a couple weeks ago, no, actually a month ago, Jason Tatum missed a missed something. He slapped his hands for something he did, which is a human emotions, a human reaction. Sometimes when you mess up. You're all, oh man, why I do that? Oh oh man, dang, I ain't meant to do that. Or they got messed that up, man. I need, come on. I need to get right. The rough game of technical. He's criticizing himself. So you can, that's why I said, so nowadays the NBA is definitely a cupcake lead. So that's why a lot of times season achievements, I look at it, yeah, it's cool. But the minute you try to put some real defense on these people, oh, foul, oh, technical, oh, something. So you, you doing right, I'm going to call them out. And that's what I said, that's just a tease because I got a lot more for next week. But coming out of this break, You think I'm ranting about the NBA? You think I'm ranting about the rules? Listen to what I gotta say about our team, the Washington Commanders. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. Having car battery problems? You can do it yourself. Don't worry, sweetie. Daddy's got this.
3: Call or book online at 1-800-BATTERY. We come to you.
1: He can beat the son in a stare contest. Here is Don Suave.
0: Welcome back to the show. I'm Don Suave. You know. Uh. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Let me do my job. So. Anybody who is a new new listener knows that what I do on my show is I talk about the big sports news, preferably usually NFL, NBA, unless MLB or some big story happens that I talk about. And I usually end the show. Well, I'm not going to say end the show, but I will have a second portion of the show dedicated to the Washington Commanders team. You know, I mean, I know you might ask, like, well, why? Why just them? Well, for one, that is my favorite team, and also two, they are a local team. So I got to – and I just tell the, I just tell, tell the news on them. Good or bad. But today, t- on this podcast, I'm gonna keep it real, real. I'm gonna give y'all a recap of everything, but i for for the people who. who Follow the Washington Commanders. or that four ones, don't follow Washington Commanders. You're going to understand exactly why I feel the way I feel at the end of this. So last game against the Cleveland Browns was a statement game. This was week 17, okay? It was a statement that the Washington Commanders were for real. And the time is now. It was a statement that through all the mess with management that they can overcome it all. And win a game to get to the playoffs because that's what they need to do is just win a game. It was a statement that a team that's under Roman Vera can win more than seven games because in his third year, the previous two seven nine, seven ten, and 1. I mean, excuse me, seven nine, seven ten. Again, it's a statement that can be finalized as triumph, victory, achievement, accomplishment, Winners, nope. No, the statement game words are finalized are trash, rubbish, dust, sewage, junk, garbage, debris. No, I'm going to keep it going. And I don't care whose feelings I'm hurting, because the truth hurts, so eat it. This is possibly one of the most disgusting games I've ever seen with this team. The worst part of it is, it almost seemed like the coaches wanted to lose the game. Because, one, now listen to this. The head coach decided to change quarterback. That's fine. What? Yes. I'm not lying. Going from a quarterback who had a winning record of 5-3-1, still the Heineke, and put us in a position to beat in the playoffs, to a quarterback who was 2-4, and, and the team looked horrible with him as a starting quarterback. So, yeah, I'm calling out names. Ron Rivera.
2: You just made the list.
0: Scott Turner.
2: You just made the list.
0: Defense held her own, but he's not safe. Jack De Rio.
2: You just made the list.
0: And Carson, this is not 2017 wins.
2: You just made the list.
0: All need to go. And the sad thing about it is, I respected Rivera. As a man, as a morals, and stuff I say, I respected him. But as a head coach, no, I don't because outside looking in, it looked like his ego and pride stepped in, which caused him to go that route and put Carson Wentz in. I've had conversations with fans and non-fans about why he decided to put Carson Wentz in. Cause a lot of people have came and asked me, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Like, 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 I was just at a, at Seven Eleven, and a guy who seen my lanyard had Washington Commanders asked me, "Like I'm on this, I'm on a going team, on a franchise." But I'm a, but let me tell you exactly what I told him, what I told my coworkers, and while I tell people, if you look at it like this, you got to understand something, everyone. There been speculations that Washington was going after Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson in the offseason, but ultimately fell a short and went with Carson Wentz. Marjorie Rivera, remember that little little rant that Rivera had that one time? I guess that, you know, he was so mad at that time in the press conference how he did all this stuff. Okay. That same guy spent draft picks and money on Carson Wentz. Made him the starter for week one. Even after his record of two and four, I believe if Carson Wentz didn't get hurt, he would have still been starting instead of Heineke in which the Commanders never went on their run in the middle. Because, remember, when Heineken came into play, Washington was actually one of the hottest teams in the NFL. That's no coincidence. Another issue was the pressure of certain fans who honestly only look at numbers and not the whole body of work. Because, yeah, I'm calling out the fans, too, because I be on Twitter. And I talk to fans, and I see on some, on sometimes Facebook, but mostly Twitter, because see, like everybody on Twitter is a doggone general manager. See, like everybody on Twitter is a doggone scouting report person. It seems like everybody on Twitter is a head coach. It like everybody on Twitter is an assistant coach. It like everybody on Twitter know more about the team than the people get paid to be on the franchise. There's a reason why you're not on the dangon team. You don't know what you're talking about all the time because you're going with your feelings. But, but but let me let me let me let me down back. Like like Umar said, I must remain focused. See, you have to look at the whole body of work, not just the numbers. This team literally rallies around Heineke and not Carson. And even Ray Charles can see that. If you look at the way players respond with Carson, they look sluggish and not unbelievable. There's even reports of that they didn't want him in the game. But the town of Heineken, and I said this before, they looked fired up. After the game, all the players gave Heineken his flowers. Heineken bought things with the offensive line. Some of y'all didn't see it because y'all might not be in the same area, but on TV with Darren Hayes, Charles Little Jr. was on TV talking about the offensive line and Taylor Heineken. And the weapons were getting noticed. He ain't talking about Carson Wentz on the TV. Math, you're probably going to pull up on YouTube. Look at the weapons that we had. Jahan Dawson. When Heineken came in, there's reports played on times on ESPN. They're looking at him as a possible rookie of the year. Terry McCorn made the Pro Bowl. Curtis Samuel was looking like the door threat that we thought he was in Carolina that came here. But before Heineken in the game, all weapons didn't look all that good. Terry McCord only had a few catches. John Dawson was, it was double cut. He still got thrown the ball. like. But the same people went after Heineken for quote unquote these passes. What is the same about Carson Wentz now? Because y'all all want to talk about arm strength. Arm strength, oh, this arm strength. That oh, he got a better arm strength than they Heineke, Joe Tasman, who won a hasman who won a championship with the Washington Redskins at the time, said on his Twitter, "Arm strength is overrated." I don't use that this time. I will recap the game. That's what I usually to do on, on this part of the show. I recap it with stats, but there's no reason at all. Now, if you think I'm ranting. Or just shout out random stuff. Probably looking like, well, you know what you're talking about. Okay. Let me show you Exhibit A. Listen to Washington reporters, JP Finley, who gets paid to cover the Washington Commanders. Listen, we have to say about the game.
3: Folks are angry out here. It's not depressed. People are angry, people are mad. People are screaming at me to make sure I tell it straight, and you got to tell it straight. This is the type of loss that, in a strong organization, everything is on the table following this. You, you, you may have to completely clean house after a loss like this <laughs> uh, against a team that is already eliminated from the playoffs that just wins this game from start to finish. You make a change in quarterback. Listen, Heineke ain't Joe Namath, all right? But they were competitive. You, you go to Carson Wentz, who looks god-awful, in the first quarter two first half interceptions zero spark I, I, I don't know the final numbers because I had to run down here but they were on path for their worst offensive performance since week six which I don't think coincidentally was also Carson Wentz's last start so so just making that decision making that decision to go from Heineke to Wentz somebody's got to own that and that's somebody's Ron Rivera and, and then you you can criticize a billion other things both coordinators I, I, Scott tried to establish the run. I mean, Robinson got the ball a ton. Clearly, he's banged up. You got Jonathan Williams getting the first series of the game. I don't know what that's about. Clearly, Robinson's not all the way healthy. He more or less told me that. You can see it in his running. This offensive line, I I hate that I keep going back to this. Please let me know. I I would love for somebody to put their left hand up and let me know who decided to let Brandon Sheriff walk for this collection of dudes. I, I mean, Trent Williams, gone. Brandon Sheriff, gone. You know where those guys are going? Canton. You know where this group's going? Fishing when the playoffs start. I, I- it, it, it's a complete lack of accountability from the top down. And if this was a strong organization, ownership would be looking at a complete review of everything they have. But this isn't a strong organization, and we have no idea what ownership is doing. And if I had to guess, probably nothing because the sale is coming. And you know what you're not going to do with a sale coming? You're not going to fire a bunch of people that you're going to pay out their contracts. So welcome to the status quo
0: in Washington. You know what? Let me take a break. Because there's more to say. And I gotta go get my water real quick. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show.
2: Looking for a better oil change experience? You need Lube Express. You can get your oil changed in 15 minutes while you wait in your car. No wasting time. Just fast, honest, professional service. Drive up, drive in, drive out. Lube Express. That was fast.
1: He can gargle Nutella. That's impressive,
0: isn't it?
1: Here is Don Suave.
0: Welcome back to the show. This is Don Suave. And I'm going to just continue on without speaking about before the break. Because we're not done yet. But wait!
3: There's more! Hang on to your seat, baby! Because this one's
0: a screamer! I have a question. Who's the incompetent one that either didn't tell Ron about the playoff situation? To clarify, you said you would talk about quarterback next week. If you guys are eliminated today by what happens at 4 o'clock, is Sam Howell in consideration? We can be eliminated. Yeah, if the Packers beat the Vikings, then you guys are eliminated. Oh, did Ron Rivera really didn't know about the playoff situation? Now, on ESPN, Marcus Spears had the Best reaction.
4: Swag, what happened there? Ron Rivera. Mm.
2: Beep boop. <laughs> what?
4: I mean, it is
3: complicated, Ron. <laughs> I understand.
2: Boogie, what?
3: I don't know. It was very
0: odd. Okay. <laughs> you know, unless unless I heard people say. Cause that's people I said this for. Well, he's gonna focus on the game and the game itself. Okay, I understand. But you're telling me that you shut yourself off from the world of football and not know the implication of playoffs? I wonder what would happen if the commanders would have won, we'd still be surprised they made the playoffs. But with that kind of play from the commanders, well, let our Hall of Famer Brian Mitchell explain
2: on things of that nature. But if you have any connection with Washington, I don't care if from the Redskins days, the day a football team, and now, you have to voice your displeasure with that BS that we saw on the field today. It was trash, okay? Yeah. People have been saying garbage all day. Just say trash. Trash is worse mm-hmm. than garbage. Garbage is a nicer way to talk about trash. This was god-awful today. Offensively, defensively, coaching was absolutely terrible. You got one guy, Cam Curl, not there on a defense, and it's that bad? I, Derek Forrest was playing terrific, but today he looked like quicksand. Like he feeding quicksand, he couldn't move. Offensively, I don't know what Carson was thinking about, and I don't know what the play calling was. It's it just it, Garbage. Trash is what we saw today. <laughs> That's all, it, it was not good. And listen, we could get here. We try our best. You know, yeah. Santana and I play for this team. We understand how things go. You try your best to try to, you got to be honest with the fans. You mm-hmm. all come on here to hear us tell you what we truly feel. But then again, we don't want to say things because like, you don't want to just attack people. Yeah. It's time for attacking now. Mm-hmm. Because for three years, I've heard how we're going to change culture. The culture may be changing, but we can say performance on the football field. You cannot have this. It's seven, eight, and one now with one game left. Okay, we can go eight, eight, and one. We can be seven, nine, and one. I don't want to see another damn tie. But we end up seven, nine, and one. How can we sit up here and say that we've made any step forward? Better receivers, better running back, defense supposed to be top notch. And we're still winning seven games. Is this the mark we got? Are we starting to look at this team? What was the coach used to be in Tennessee? Uh, Jeff Fisher. Is it what we can expect here in Washington? Seven games, eight games, that's all we can win under this staff? They got to find a way to get something better because right now, trash
0: is all I see. Now, B. Mitch always keeps it raw, real and raw. So we, we expect him to go off. But Santana Moss? Mr. Peacekeeper? Mr. Op- optimistic person? So when he gave an estimation, explanation, it sounded like
4: this. You expect mm-hmm. the best and you know, be ready if something else happens. And we have all been like that yeah, so far and this season. That's, that's what I was giving this team, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this coaching staff, the benefit of the doubt. But when we keep sitting here waiting for a scenario to play out, mm-hmm. no, you have your destiny in your hands. That's the scenario. Come out here and do your job and do it well. Now, look, I'm not going to sit up here and, and act like I haven't been on teams that stunk it up. Mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I've always did was leave it on the field. And to a man, to some of those guys out there, they don't deserve what, what we, we just saw. Because mm-hmm. some of those guys go out there and leave it on the field. But when a coach and his staff dictates what we want to put out there, then you can't blame the players. They have to go out there and execute a accordingly. I'm not the one to sit here and say anybody that's leading the ship or in command of that ship needs to take it on the chin. Yeah. Hey, this is what I wanted and this is what we didn't do. Mm-hmm. And I think collectively we've been saying this too many times down the stretch of these last few games that it seems that co- coaching has stood out more than just lack of you know mm-hmm. players going out there and performing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like every week we've been talking about someone out coaching us. And you we can't sit here and say that week in and week out, and then expect the players to go out there and give me a different outcome.
0: Time. Oh my. You know, as I sit here on this mic speaking to you, the writing was all on the wall for the game, It we should have known. First, we got the news of Carson and starting. I already knew. Nah, something's up. Then they revealed the mascot of Major Tutty which is another embarrassing thing for one. For one, our team name is Washington Commanders. So why not Commander Tutty? Oh, no. The mascot looked like a, some kitty stuff, and his name is Major Tutty. And then I was researching on it, and I heard a rumor that the mascot is to honor the Hogs, which was the old officer line from the days of Joe Gibbs. Okay, you know, you want to honor them, you know, right now, because your, 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 your honor tributes has been lacking badly. Very badly. But then I hear that the reason y'all honor them is because y'all about to get sued by them. Oh, God. Headache sets in about 5 4 3 2. Whew. Okay, let me calm down. Uso. Okay, well, this Sunday is the last game of the season for the Commanders against their rivals, the Dallas Cowboys. And there's a new story to this game. Guess what it is? Ding, 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 ding. Thanks for playing. The answer is there's a new quarterback at the helm. Rookie C. Sam Howe. Now, here's the reason for the change at quarterback. The Commanders are out the playoffs. So, no reason to have either Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke playing. So, it's time to see what the rookie can do as a starter. Now, I'm not mad that he's started. And I do want to see how does he compare to playing in the real game instead of preseason. My only issue is it's going to be a tough game because that game means a lot to the Cowboys. If the Cowboys win and the Eagles and the Niners lose, then the Cowboys have the number one seed in in the playoffs, which is a first round bye and home field advantage. Which means every team will have to come to Arlington, Texas, to play the Cowboys. So expect the Cowboys to come out this Sunday, guns blazing and playing like there's there's no tomorrow. Now, we're going to take a break again, but this time when we come back, we're going to just go ahead and wrap it up. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio
2: Show. Check out downtown Farmingdale, rated Long Island's best downtown for the seventh year. Long Island's culinary quarter has incredible dining experiences along with a thriving retail shopping district. Main Street Farmingdale is walkable, safe, and has a busy event schedule. For more info, visit FarmingdaleBid.com.
1: Definitely once had a near Don Suave experience. Here is Don Suave.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Now, that's it for the show. I'd like to thank everybody who listened. I know this show is long, but let's just say this is about basically almost three weeks of me being silent. So what I'm going to do is, because some I know it's a long show, I'm going to break it off into two parts. The first part will be the NFL and NBA news. The second part is gonna be the Washington Commander news. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody who listened. If you, if you heard both parts, thank you very much. I very much appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Broadcast of the Seven Cities. Make sure to like, share, and sus- subscribe and comment as well. Also, subscribe to the podcast, So Disrespectful Radio Show. So until next time, stay blessed. Stay good, stay lifted. Peace. I'm so disrespectful. Self, self, disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. Self, 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 disrespectful.